I'm Jason Sachs from the Classic Comics Cavalcade podcast. I'm Carl Sardell from the A Lot of Things podcast. And today we're going to talk about comic books and TV shows. First off with the Umbrella Academy, some of Doom Patrol, and The Gifted, as well as go through the entire history of live-action shows based on comic books. You have the whole history, too. That's I have an enormous amount of shows. So did history end with the Umbrella Academy, with that cataclysmic conclusion to Ooh. season one? Well, we can talk about that first, and why, why don't we? Uh, it's a good place to start because that is one of the most recent shows that come out uh, based on a comic book. Just came out last week as yeah. we record this. And so we'll talk about these in the beginning, and then we'll go backwards in time. And go through the entire list of shows based on comic books. Or to be more appropriate, we like number five. And go backwards or forwards in time and experience reality in a different way. Which is a minor spoiler, but not really. Not really, because I think you get that from the beginning of Umbrella Academy. So what was your take on it, Carlos? Let's talk about the Umbrella Academy. Have you ever watched? You've you've never read the comics? No, and uh, you told me about that it was based on uh, Gerard's comic. Gerard being of My Chemical Romance. Gerard Way, one of the guys from My Chemical Romance, and this was his comic, came out, gosh, about 10 years ago now. You know, I, by the way, love the first two records from My Chemical Romance. A lot of people have seen that first record, but it is real good. If you like that style at all, I would recommend going back to their first record because it's very good. Uh, and But I didn't know that – I knew he did art and stuff, but I didn't know he actually worked on a full comic. The artist by uh, Gabriel Ba, who was part of a Brazilian brother, a pair of brothers who created a number of great comics, including a comic called Day Tripper. Oh. Um, so Ba's art is very different from the storytelling in the, in the TV show. Um, it's an interesting twist because kind of like a lot of the stuff that's really explicit in the comic is much more implicit in the TV show, like um, Luther, for example – um, they really play up the fact that he's the ape man who lived in space for four years. Whereas in the TV show, they play it down. And I think the TV show kind of wins because of that. Mm. So here's my question for you. As someone who's never read the comics, how did you, first of all, what did you think of Umbrella Academy? And second, like, what did you think of how they seemed, how realistic the characters seemed? Yeah, I think the, um, it really comes down to the beginning and the middle and the end for me. Because in the beginning... I think I told you this, but it reminded me of Watchmen the movie, where they were throwing so much stuff at me, so much stuff I should probably already know or felt like I should have known, and I was just lost. I felt a little confused, and I I couldn't get into said characters as much because it was like, you know, I don't even – I don't know how I feel about any of these people, and there's just so much information coming my way. Middle of the series, I was into it, and now that I've stayed with these characters for a little while, I understand what they're – uh, you know, MO is and stuff, and I get this kind of arc that they're doing with the story. I was definitely more in, and near the end, I was all in. The arc is the total payoff on this show because they they drop you in the middle of all these different storylines with all these mysteries, and then yeah, I felt like by episode three or four, I was really getting into these characters' stories. Yeah, and by the end, like they all paid off so well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, I, yeah, it definitely built up over time. In the beginning, it wasn't, I wasn't knocked out, but I would say people listening to the show, definitely give it a chance because it's not, I don't think I'm brought in on the first episode. So like, for example, Vanya, the Ellen Page character, like first episode, I didn't care about her. She seemed a little whiny, a little lost in the world. By the end, she's the key to the whole storyline. And the way her story pays out makes sense. And like then looking back at it, like her being lost and confused and kind of, 
ostracized from her family really set her up for the fall that she experiences. Yeah. Which again, we're not spoiling, but there is definitely a interesting arc that her story uh, takes. And yeah, I think you kind of can tell that from the beginning because they really drum home the fact of like, you're not important, Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost too much, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, obviously she's important then because uh-huh. that's any comic book thing, right? It's anything like that, right? It's or not any, even yeah. comic. It's yeah. like any media. Yeah. And we played him down and all of a sudden and then eventually he kind of pays off. But I really – like I think the thing I enjoy the most about Umbrella Academy, the TV show, is that it really does play up all the characters' arcs with all these nice bits of subtlety. So like the relationship between Luther and Allison, for example – really pays off nicely by the end of the show. And they do jump back in time a little bit to do that kind of, um, I want to call it lost effect where you like get a little backstory when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And so you get that backstory between those two and, and uh, you start feeling for them more because you understand where they came from. So what's the thing that you really found yourself like looking back on? So you watch the whole series, right? Yeah, we both did. So when you talk about, when you think of the whole series, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, well, actually like the uh, production because you know, and also the music licenses. Mm-hmm. I know because I produce stuff. It, it's expensive to get those songs. Some of them you could tell they're old timey songs or fifties or sixties songs, and you go like, "Well, maybe those are pretty cheap." But then they got some pretty big songs in there. And uh, I think for me, almost similar to Red Dead Redemption Two that I love, uh, sometimes a music, you know, moment can really make you feel even more you know, with the character or with the moment. So they had a lot of great music in this and the production value was off the chain. I thought they did such smart things about like having music be a counterpoint to the action too. Right. It was a character at times. Yeah. 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 The shootout of the donut shop in episode two or three with uh, the fun music on top of it. It It's just like this great juxtaposition that kind of made things more realistic and less realistic at the same time. You know what I mean? Well, it, It also just brings you in and goes like, this is weird to say, but, it's like when you watch a show that we'll go through in this list mm-hmm. soon that doesn't have as much production value or songs, you you kind of maybe don't have that attachment to it. Because music, music is attachment. People get attached to music. We have this kind of primal nature that could be a tangent that makes us feel alive and makes us have memories and thoughts and emotions. And when you tie that you know, in a good way together with these stories and these moments, you just automatically become more invested Right. So I think that's my takeaway is that, yeah, I, I like it a lot and I like what they did and how it progressed. But I think, again, going back to a lot of different shows that we'll get to, if the production value is not there, I'm not going to be in. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit about how art and story and comics are like in contrast with each other and how a reader will stay with a, a story that has great uh, artwork that doesn't have a great strong story. Mm-hmm. And um, at its weakest points, I felt like the production values pulled Umbrella Academy ahead. Like, it kept me interested just because it looked so beautiful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, the set of the Academy itself was so gorgeous and yep. so well thought through. Or the costumes were so smart. Um, but in the end, it was, like, the characters that really won me. Like, my favorite characters were um, Cha-Cha and, oh, what was the guy's oh, name? Oh, Hazel. Hazel. Hazel, by the actor, we didn't look him up, but that actor is amazing. And he's going to be in a ton of stuff after this. If I he's fe- not already been in. So. I fell in love with that character from oh, the beginning just because of idea. his whole attitude towards what he was doing. Yeah. And then Mary J. Blige as Cha-Cha. I know. She did, was unbelievable. She was awesome. Did not see that coming. And I was like, wait, I think that's Mary J. Blige. And it was. And, and so such an interesting character. So well played. Like she really brought this three-dimensional feel to this character that I totally wasn't expecting. Yeah. 
I love it. I love. I, I really, really enjoy the series. So and, I would suggest it. Anyway. Well, we can't talk about it. Well, well, let's just say the cliffhanger could go anywhere now. Yeah, which is great. And again, um, a bunch of series have tried to do this, including the last uh, season of Twin Peaks. Really. Yeah. But sometimes you do that, and you go like, "Hey, come on, give us another season." <laughs> you know, like people want to see it, and it gets people talking that they want to see it. I definitely want that thing to continue. So hopefully, it does. I think it will. Based on the buzz that, well, maybe I'm in that little secret place where the comic fans are all talking about it. Uh, no, I think a lot of people are talking about it. It's caused me to go back to read the comics, too. And comics are so much less weighty than the, than the TV show. Yeah. And there's something about the depth of what Bob and, and uh, Gerard Way are trying to do in the comic versus the ambition of the TV show. It just feels so much bigger on TV. Right. Well, I think and you, you, with these kind of Netflix series that we'll get to, um, you binge watch stuff, you spend a lot of time with it. And it, I mean, I mean, there's definitely a cadence to comic books where it comes out every week, you know, and you're like waiting for it or you don't read it for a few weeks even because mm-hmm. you forgot that, oh, yeah, the new issues. But this one you're like back to back potentially. So it, dis- it has a different feel automatically in the way that it's the format is, you know. Right. Well, Let's move on to Doom Patrol, though, because I want to. We have so much to get to. Doom Patrol, I did not see, unfortunately, um, and you have watched quite a bit of. Uh, what's two episodes so far? Okay, it's only two so episodes. They, they, yeah, DC Universe releases them on a weekly basis. Oh, like I just said. Comics. So this is their third uh, different series they've released weekly, or yeah, weekly. So they did Titans, which I thought was kind of a mixed bag. Had some good moments, but didn't really come together well. Uh, and then the cartoon series, Young Justice. Outsiders, which I thought was magnificent, actually. Just a really great show. Um, and now Doom Patrol. And Doom Patrol has been by far the best of those shows and really among the best superhero shows I've seen so far. Really? Um, it's just got this kind of cheeky attitude, fun approach, and kind of lo-fi special effects that totally fit the characters. You're saying it's practical effects. Is it's there any pra- CG? Very little. Very I mean, little, there's yeah. a scene where basically... A town's being pulled into another dimension, um, which is the core story of episode one, so there's no spoiler there. Um, and that's all CGI. But, like, the main character, one of the main characters is Robot Man, who's, um, you know, this guy whose brain is transplanted into the body of a robot, and that's all practical effects. Yeah. And it all looks weird and abstract, not abstract, but uh, awkward and old-fashioned, and it totally fits the character because it really kind of brings up the pathos of him. Mm. And um, I just, that's just really compelling. There's another character, uh, Negative Man, who's uh, a fighter pilot whose plane crashes and he gets burned up and he gets possessed by the spirit of an electric uh, creature that I'm sure we'll learn about more. As one and, does. As one does. Well, as you expect one to do anyway. <laughs> you just don't know. Um, and his, they show his body at the, or his face at the end of episode one and, or episode two, rather, and it's all scarred up and disgusting and stuff. So that's all special or all uh, practical effects also. Mm. But then the third main character, who's um, Elastigirl in the comics, Rita Farr, um, she's this, she's this uh, 1950s movie actress whose body gets turned into protoplasm mm. in a bizarre accident. And I think it's all CGI of her body turning into protoplasm. Okay. Uh, so the, the, pitch is, the pitch for the comic has always been they were the world's weirdest superheroes. And the show really lives up to it. So it's got references to a number of different um, comic-related things. There's a character who probably will be the villain of this series, but I'm not even sure if there will be a villain, called Mr. Nobody. It was played by Alan Tudyk. 
Alan Tudyk is his name? The guy, remember from Firefly, Alan Tudyk? I don't know, but I just, now I'm focusing on Alan Tudyk. You know, do you remember, you, did you watch Firefly? I did. Okay, you know the guy who, the one who's married to the African-American woman? Okay. That's Alan Tudyk. The blonde guy is married to the African-American uh, okay. woman? Okay. I'm just saying, he got killed in high school. Yeah, but... Alan Tudyk? He's got his revenge, right? <laughs> Anyways. He's a, anyway, so he's um, he makes some cheeky comments along the way. Like, first episode, one of the first things he says is, aren't you sick and tired of t- uh, superhero TV shows? Well, let me tell you, folks, this is going to be a little bit different. Uh, okay. Yeah, so a little bit fourth wall stuff. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, clever little fourth wall stuff, which is very true to the comics. So this is this interesting mix where the show is true to the comics and also different. Um, where it's like so true to the spirit of what I love about the books, but they're pulling different things into it. Do you feel like it's funny first? Is that what it is? Because that's what I'm hearing. Like it's, I it's not a it's, comedy as much as it's just this weird, trippy event. Okay, so it's weird first, not... Like there's this element where they travel to another dimension. I didn't want to reveal it. There's yeah, this don't. great twist with a donkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the thing that's selling me on it. But. That uh, is like, are they really going there? Are yeah. they really going there? Holy shit, they went there. And look how it pays off. I'm very interested. Wow. In yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's only on DC Universe app. Um, the same Which, way that Discovery is only on the CBS All Access app. I know. App. I was going to so, bring up. So, same way that you can get to Discovery, you can get to uh, Doom Patrol, Hint Hint. Yeah, and, and Titans, which is on my list, so... Yeah, we can talk about Titans later. Yeah. So it's it's a yes though for you though. You're 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 digging it for what it is and So I've watched like almost all the superhero shows that I'd say it's like and the sci fi shows. And I'd say it's got the production values that you might like in Discovery. Um and it really even with the practical effects, I just feel like when I see the trailer, when I see the early artwork and all that stuff, I feel like those practical effects would take me out of it. I think you have to watch it. Okay. I will, um, I will, I will. But it's also got like the kind of, it's similar to Umbrella Academy in some ways where it's kind of got this sarcasm to it that makes it more entertaining. Yeah, I just well, feel like there's that fine line between like, again, I don't want to have everything CG and I like practical effects. I like the original uh, thing like John Carpenter because it was practical effects. But at the same time, I think now as it, as they get better, if you can make it seamless enough, then it sometimes does do the payoff for the realization so with pogo on umbrella academy did you like that all being cgi or did that bother no you? It, it didn't bother me enough because he wasn't in it a lot and pogo's the monkey uh character i think he wasn't in it enough for it to bother me he wasn't like a jar jar binks hello jar jar binks look in your direction he wasn't constantly like fucking making you know sounds and stuff oh no this is gonna be on your thread are you a clean podcast no okay I got worried all of a sudden. You, how well do you know me? Not well at all. <laughs> We're not even friends. Um, yeah, so it didn't bother me a lot, but yes, it didn't need to be there. Like he, it, the, the monkey is in the books. We're back to umbrella. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, he didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't bother me. He felt weightless at different times on the show. Right, like like he didn't even have to be there. Like I, there's episodes, there's moments where like Luther's talking to him, and he's obviously just talking to space, and there's this. CGI on top of it, yeah, and it just looks looked a little awkward and it kind of off was off putting. Yeah, whereas like um, in uh, Robot Man, or Cliff goes to this town that gets abducted, 
in episode one. And there's just kind of very interesting scene where he's sitting on a bench with Crazy Jane, who's a character I haven't mentioned, uh, kind of like pretending to eat ice cream. And like the fact that he's there and casts a shadow and looks realistic kind of brings out the pathos of the character better. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and it, it, it can get overused, uh, especially in this time, you know, for movies and TV shows. But uh, I will give Doom Patrol a look, and I will see past that. Really, I really like it. Okay. I might Next episode of my show, I might uh, be like, this is my favorite thing in the world. So who knows? Let's move on really quickly or to another. This is crazy. Or he's just insane, and that's terrible. <sighs> no terrible. one listening to his advice for the worst. Don't listen to his podcast either. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Please listen to my podcast. Well, they're listening to it now because this is on both of our feeds. That's right. That's right. Has this ever been done before? Are we pioneers in the space? I'm positive it's been done before. Oh. Can we just say we're pioneers in the yeah, space? Yeah, sure, of course. So pioneers in the space. Going to move to another thing. Uh, the Gifted is also a semi-recent uh, show. Last episode will be up about the time that this podcast hits. Okay. There's Tuesday, two like, seasons. Two seasons, yeah. I just started with the first season, got a few episodes in, so I can't talk too much on it. But I did want to mention it because it was another current one. And then we'll go back to the history in a minute. Gifted, your thoughts? It's okay. It's okay. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, actually. We're done. We're done. It is like just okay. It's okay. It's, it's, like, it's like another like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, which is on the list. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just okay. It, I like that. I think it's a Native American who's in it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yay, a Native American superhero, uh, and I like uh, the acting's done well. The CG again is there, but not too much there. Uh, it's just okay. I kept wa- I keep wanting it to be better. Ooh, and what what episode are you on? So I, well, I've been watching it. I've watched the whole season, oh. all of season two so far. And there's a big climax with um, characters who I don't think have been introduced yet. So if um, you wanted to get better now, oh man, it's it's not going. It's to. like always a, like a, on a ten scale. It's always a six. Yep. It never gets above like a seven. Never gets below a four. It's just you know, like Agents of Shield was the same way. Well, we're moving on because that's it. The gift is over. <laughs> that's our, our review <laughs> is at six. Yeah, I mean, like it. it the last episode is. That probably ever is going to be next week and like for i guess i'm like well then I, now i can be done having to watch this every week which is know, probably the, so many things. the worst attitude to have there's though. a lot of things and there's we need we only have so much time i will say this though to finish my thoughts on it i was surprised that i like got through more episodes than i did because i thought i was just in the beginning i'm out you know it's an x-men type universe it doesn't take place really in that Timeline, right? Yeah, theoretically, it's like X Men backstory, focusing on some more more minor characters before Sentinel program. So I like that they put the Sentinel program in there at least. Yeah, early robots, and like I like some of the. I think some of the characters are pretty compelling. Some like of the acting is good, decent. Yeah, um, yeah. John Proudstar, who's, who's the, who's the, the Native, Native American? Native American. Who's the girl with the green eyes? She's an actress that I should have researched. Oh, I don't remember her name. I've seen her before. That's Lorna. She's good. Yeah. The family got a little annoying for a while, but they get better. Yeah. Yeah, it's so basic. So anyways, we, we won't basic. spend any more time That's on a good it. Way of Check it. out Gifted. It's basic. Let's hit the history uh, of action, live action movies based on comics or TV shows based on comics. You, that list sounds so long the way you're describing it earlier. So we're going to hit it. This is, I literally did all the different places on the internet, many different lists. I think I have the definitive list here. So we're not going to go into too much detail for each one. But I thought it'd be fun because if I was listening to this podcast, I'd want to know which those are and not do all the research. 
And then we'll say yes or no, or yay or nay, that they should check it out. Right, because you can watch a lot of this stuff on YouTube or YouTube, some streaming, yep, service, streaming or service that MeTV or whatever. Yep. What the f- What are you talking about? MeTV? MeTV? Is Don't know what you're talking about. It's a channel? What? There's a channel that has like old like 60s and 70s TV shows. Oh, on the you mean you have cable? I have Dish, but yeah. Yeah, that's cable. It was playing at the gym the other day. All right, actually. all right. You're losing like, me on like, so many levels. Like Bewitched was playing at the gym the other day. Oh, we could talk about that. Which is the topic of a different conversation. You lost me on cable and the gym. All right, so <laughs> both, <laughs> both those things. Here we go. We're going to start in the past. And we're going to go walk all the way up to the future, uh, present and future. Uh, here we go. And what we'll do is each one, if we remember it, just quickly be like, yes, I like that, or yes, I remember that, or a quick memory about it, okay? Okay. And then we'll move on. This is where we get into the classic comics. The comics. You've already posted or promoted your podcast once. Buy my books. And they're listening to the podcast. You're listening. Yeah, okay. You have to say it again? I'm gonna in, yeah, it's like being a DJ and interrupting the song to tell you what the song is you're listening to. A lot of things podcast. You check that out. You, oh, wait, you are already. <laughs> 1952, The Adventures of Superman. So did you ever watch that in reruns? No. No? No, I did not. Because I remember watching it in reruns. It was something I'd come home from school, like in elementary school, and still watch. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, uh, we're different ages. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. I know, and it's, it's your birthday. We're recording this on your birthday. On my birthday, yeah. when I just feel even older. Well, I, um, I'm not the one who said I watched it in reruns. Well, at least I not didn't watch it when it was live. Although, that, that although would be, no offense to someone who watched it live, because like they got to see a special moment. Got to, well, and they, one of the first ever. There's nothing wrong with live action older. comics. Yeah, it's better than not getting older. Um, Superman the TV show was cheesy AF. Yep. Um, they had the kind of cardboard sets almost, um, and Superman almost never got to use his superpowers. It was, it was the really, beginning. It was really much more like. Clark Kent, the new, the TV reporter, right. finding some weird crime, and Lois Lane getting herself in trouble, and Superman rescuing her. Yeah, it was. But it's it was, like it's a, it's if you can stand like the slowness of those shows, it's actually pretty fun in its own you know, awkward way. I think it's interesting, and it's also historical, and I think it's good to watch it for that part, right? To yeah. see where we you know have been and where we're going now. I think um, the real life story of Steve Reeves is much more interesting than the background. Ooh, is that story. a documentary? Is there a documentary? Yeah, I think there is a documentary. Google Google Steve Reeves after Superman. Let's say. So that's how we feel about that. Check that out. It's a historical show. No 19... relation. No relation to Christopher Reeve, by the way. From no Superman the movie. And that's not on this list because it's a movie. that's a movie. 1966 Batman. You must have seen Batman. I did see Batman again in reruns. In reruns, yep. yeah. And uh, immediately liked it. I liked the Joker. Uh, he felt like the Joker of the comic books, just insane, uh, and cackled all the time. And Adam West, which, by the way, side note, I got to meet and interview before he passed, and he was a delight, just a delight. And um, and I remember saying all positive things to, to him about Batman, and yeah, it was just hokey, ridiculous, so much like the comics and the fact that they did kapow, blammo, and they showed literally comic panels of those words when people got punched. So it felt um, artistic and weird. That's what I remember it as. Weird. They used to show that show twice a week. So the cliffhanger would like come on a Tuesday and they'd show the resolution on a Thursday. Oh, they did cliffhangers a lot. That's right. Yeah, and they always had these, those impossible cliffhangers. 
you know, he's hanging off the side of a building with water rushing down on his face. How's he going to get away? And then, like, a log would come down off the side of the building, and he'd ride the log away. to. That's interesting. I don't think they do that as much. Like, we just talked about a cliffhanger with Umbrella Academy. But that's for a series. Yeah, you they used to do that with a season finale. They do that for every episode almost. Yeah. I wonder if they did that for the advertising. Or, like, for, you know what I mean? Like, people would have to come back and watch. I tell you, I would have to come back the next day and watch it when it was in reruns. Yeah. That's so crazy. Again, we'll, this will be another show on here that we'll talk about, or at least two or three more, that we watched, you know, what we thought was in real time, but they were reruns. Yeah. Tons of these were. Uh, okay, so that's Batman. Everybody knows Batman, so we don't spend too much time on it. Here's the next one. I forgot until I found this list. It came out in 1974, the year I was born, and I watched it in reruns. Shazam. I watched that when I was a little kid. Yeah. So the kid, or the there was like a young boy. He turns into a man and becomes Shazam at some point. Mm-hmm. The young boy I looked up. They said they wanted him to become a new teen idol, like the next David Cassidy, which is an old school reference. And I don't, th- don't think it ever like took off. But he was that kind of like young boy with a lot of hair and you know has teenage problems, and then he becomes this huge superhero, which they're rebooting it into a movie right now. It's going to be out like next month or something. Yeah, uh, but. I want to put this question out real quick, and I didn't even – I did some research, and I didn't do a lot of research. But the main kid – I had his name written down. I don't know why it's not in my notes. He turns into an older white guy. I think he's Hispanic or Native American. Oh, wow. And that bothers that. me now that I see ah. that because he had a ton of hair. He looks like me when I was a kid, and I'm not white. And he, and he turns into like a dashing white guy, like an older white guy. Wow. So I don't wow, that never occurred to me. I know. It didn't until I started watching the trailer. Huh. So I don't know about that. I don't, I needed to look up what nationality it was, but it just felt a little weird to me. But I do remember watching it in the reruns and being like, Yeah, it's okay. Do you remember the premise of the show? Yeah, he's a nerdy kid who turns into a big superhero. He's a nerdy kid traveling around the country in an R V with his older uncle. The uncle, that's right, yeah. And they run into various different adventures in different places. But, like, what's the backstory there? How, why is he traveling the country with his uncle? I don't know. We could watch it. Like, the actual Billy in the comics is an orphan. Oh. So maybe that's part of it? Yeah, like, they're putting him, like, out of place. So, like, he doesn't know what he's about. Yeah. And then he finds his identity when he becomes an older white guy. <laughs> and then they leave town. And they leave town. This is getting weirder as I describe it. It sounds like the Hulk, actually. Which is our next thing on the list. Wow, like nice. foreshadowing. 1977, the Hulk. Lou Ferrigno. I think most people of at least our age and even younger have seen the Hulk. It's a cult classic in a way. Mr. McGee, don't get me angry. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like, like me when, when I'm, I'm angry. angry. It was real ridiculous because obviously they're two different actors. You know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, Lou Ferrigno, who has totally different features in his face. <laughs> you know, like these are different right. types of people. But we didn't care because, again, these early years is what we're going through right now. You took what you could get, right? Around the same time, on the electric company, which dates yes. me, there was a Spider-Man, like, sketch thing they would do. You Did, did you I watch watched the electric it. company? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, starred Morgan Freeman. I don't remember that. That's where Morgan Freeman got his start? Oh. Well, they had uh, Spider-Man sketches on that. Yes. They'd shoot words with his webs. And it was terrible, but it was also the best we could get. 
and I ate it up. I was so crazy for that stuff. Yeah, which is why the Hulk did okay because they were like, yeah, of course, it's, it's a Marvel thing. See, Hulk is actually like is so typical for its time because it's just like six million dollar man or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just with him turning green instead of him being. You know, this fake spy or whatever. Every special effect in that time period, which is the next one we're going to get to on the list, was slow motion everything. Yeah, Something looked really, really big if you just did it in slow motion. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jumping over a fence. Yeah. I used to like Bionic Woman. I was kind of in love with her uh-huh. as a kid. Jamie Summers. Yeah. And uh, she did that just like did the just jumping in slow motion. Uh-huh. You liked watching her jump? Oh, I really liked watching I her. I bet you did. There's nothing wrong with She's that. She's still around? I think she is. I should look her up. I bet she's a really classy lady. I'll find her on Twitter and be like, listen, you were a big crush for me. Anyways, I'm sure she already When got you're that. like 10, ain't nothing wrong with that. Let's move on because we have so much in this list. Wonder Woman's next. So you have Wonder Woman's next? It's in 1970. Oh, Wonder, I'm sorry. That's out of order. 1975 was Wonder Woman. So she was before the Hulk. But we got to have that great segue to the Hulk that was totally yeah, unintentional. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it was incorrect as well. I don't remember. I take it back. I don't remember Wonder Woman as much. I never watched that show as much. That's um, and I'm gonna forget her name. Linda Carter. There you go. She, I think, also people had like crushes because it's a lady and she's a superhero and it's early days. She was large chested. I guess she was. And um, That's a, literally, like one of the few things I remember paying attention to. I, when I, I can't remember kid. that. You do. That's funny. Um, yeah, but that was a very like similar. More athletic women, I guess. And anyway, shouldn't go there. The jumping, the slow motion. It's ridiculous, right? Okay, let's get out of the ridiculous. I'm going to jump ahead now to the 80s. Well, you missed that there was a Spider-Man live action no, I did TV not. series. Um, I did not. And For I For like forgot. six episodes in 1978? It, it messed up on my list. It was 1977, and it was Spider-Man. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man. Which I've never seen. I just heard it was always terrible. I don't know why I didn't update it on my list. Actually, I I'm apologize. positive I watched it back in the day. It was called The Amazing Spider-Man. It was 1977. And you're right. And it was also that same crap. We're like, this is not a fucking anything. But we could take it because it was something. Universal Studios bought like a blanket right to adapt Marvel characters. So there's two. There's a Doctor Strange movie and two terrible Captain America movies. Oh, right. Um, from the same period. Well, licenses will do that for you. Okay, now we'll move to the 80s. Uh, 1987, there was a show called Sable. Based on John Sable freelance comic. Do you know about this? I never saw it. Right. But it's actually pretty important historically because it's, it was the first TV show based on an independent comics character oh. fully owned by the creator. Mike Grell, who um, was the writer-artist of John Sable freelance, actually is from Seattle or lived in Seattle at the time, hmm. um, created this character for a company called First Comics. And they were able to market and have it be picked up by a TV network. Wow. Only ran like six episodes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these are in that category. But um, he had the chance. And if it had been a hit, he would have made mass royalties from it. Um, I'm starting to put like in my list now, next to shows, corny or not. That one definitely got the corny nod. Seems like it would be. Did you... You didn't get a chance to watch it. I watched right? a trailer of it. Yeah. I yeah. watched a lot of these trailers. It look it looks so lo fi. It's so bad. You know what's so weird is having things not be H D on YouTube. And you're like, we watch that with our eyes. Totally. <laughs> our totally. eyes watch like that. We're so biased in favor of H D these days. Oh my goodness. It is a luxury you all do not understand. Because I mean, some of you do because you lived like we did when grew up with it. But just go back and watch some stuff and you go like, Whoa. 
Well, and there's some shows they had to upconvert, like Sopranos early seasons oh, were really? made before HD. But they had the the original source films, so they were able to upconvert them. But like older stuff, they couldn't. Yeah. Moving on to 1988, Superboy. Do you remember this show? I never saw Superboy. <laughs> I think a lot of people didn't. It was but syndicated, if I remember right. It might have been. It was uh, the only thing I have here for my notes is Ian Mitchell Smith was in it, and that is the guy from Weird Science. So they changed the actor who played Superboy at like season three. Wait, how that's do you know the, that? That's the only thing I know about it. Oh. Because from 1989 to 1992, I worked for a magazine called Amazing Heroes, and we had a, a column called Andy Mangles Spotlight. Andy's a, a writer from Portland, and Andy wrote about movies and TV and had a whole episode guide to Superboy. Wow. And back in the day, I had to actually take a physical manuscript and type it into our typesetting machine, so I wrote history. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually write the history, but I transcribed, transcribed the history. Yeah, yeah. So I remember That's more this. notes than I thought I would get on Superboy. And it looks terrible. It looks like it was made for $10 yeah. an episode. Or 9.50. Next is Swamp Thing the series in uh 1990. We're jumping to 90s now. It's a total guilty pleasure. You've seen it. You watched I've it. I've seen like a couple episodes. It's so bad. It's super entertaining. Yeah. That was made for USA Cable Network, Ooh. I think. That's already And you know how, like, Suits and whatever other shows they've done. Yeah, yeah, Royal Pains that look like, you know, they're grade C kind of TV shows. Now imagine that back in 1990. This is what you're going to get with the next one, The Flash. It came out in 1990. But that was a network show. Oh, it still looked pretty bad. It was on CBS. Okay. Starring John Wesley Shipp. And that's important because they've used John Wesley Shipp on the new Flash show. Oh, I didn't know that. Fun fact. Um, there are some episodes written by comics people. And among others, Mark Hamill was in it. In the original 1990s Flash. He, made, he was in the original 1990s Flash wow. playing, playing a villain. Um, it's okay. It's an okay show. Like for 1990, it's like the kind of show that you would watch every week or two and say, yeah, I enjoyed myself a lot. To its credit, it doesn't have Cornsville next to it, which a lot of these have. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not super Cornsville. Cornsville. Yeah, yeah. It's just very 90s. I switched from corny to Cornsville to point this list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cornsville. It's like so corny, it's got to Cornsville. It's got, okay. Yeah, we're, we're into Cornsville. Here's Cornsville. Human Target from 1992. So that's the one that starred Rick Springfield. You, I'm amazed, and this is why you're, we're doing this episode. Some of these are such deep cuts, and you're like, <laughs> oh, yes, of course. You know, that one that I did work on and, you know, I have friends on, understand the entire history of. That's the whole point of my show. I'm not going to gonna. Oh, you're not going to say it again. No. But I, like, we get the, it. It's a podcast. But, but no, the night, like I wrote the book on the 1990s. And it's comments. your thing. It's I my, know. It's my thing. Well, I, I just didn't know they went all the way to the TV shows as well. I have to know these things. The Human Target, based in D.C., I have Cornsville next next to it. Starring Rick Springfield from like General Hospital and yeah. his 80s uh, musician. Yeah. Put that in air quotes. Um, pretty Cornsville. Clever comic idea. There was a great late 90s, early 2000 comics on the Human Target. Takes it a whole mm. different direction. Then, I mean, it's a clever idea, but they had no budget and for yeah. whatever reason it just and never it flew. Didn't work in the TV realm. Moving on to 1993, one that did work and went for a very long time. Uh, Lois and Clark. 
Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. That it's, thing went crazy. That's the Terry Hatcher show that broke Terry Hatcher. It broke her, and she it was, was a thing. on the TV Guide all the time. I remember, like, I remember TV Guide. It just blew my own mind. <laughs> How old? The are kids you? are like, "What are you talking about? There's what a- is the? T- you mean the thing on the TV?" No, no, there was an actual book, and it was called The TV Guide, and you would actually look at it for what's going to be on television. It's the best-selling magazine in America. You because it, to... it wasn't just that. There was, like, news and shit in the front of it, remember? Yeah, they have pictures of stars on the front. No, yeah. there was real stories. Remember, they, they would do, like, stories, yeah, yeah, like, little magazine, and then they, they would broke. do all the listing. Yeah. Anywho, she was on that. She was on the cover of all these magazines. Both of them were. Dean Cain was the guy. Dean Cain, Lewis and Clark, 1983. Now, like, the conspiracy theorist and all this I crap. I about that. Yes, he's. Did you enjoy it when it was? I didn't even enjoy it, but I knew that everybody in the world enjoyed it. It's more of a human drama, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just like a fun show. It's one of those real light, kind of airy, kind of romance. It's like so almost romance. Like a, it was like a moonlighting. Yes, that's that's With what it Bruce was. Bruce Willis, you remember Bruce Willis yes. moonlighting? Yes, it's like that kind of show. Yeah, um, it had impact on comics actually. So um, in 1990, Clark Kent proposes to Lois Lane in the comics. And then uh, shortly thereafter, Lois and Clark went into production, and the people in charge of the comics were the same people who were in charge of Lois and Clark, the TV show, Warner Corporation. And they said, hold off on the wedding until we get to that point in the TV show. Ooh, that's kind of cool. So that then indirectly led to the death of Superman in the comics because they didn't have a big comic storyline for the early 2000s. Mm. And they said one of the reasons they ended up killing Superman is to say, let's keep the interest high. So he finally married Lois, both at, uh, on the TV show and in the comic around the same time in 1996. I wonder what the uh, crossover was for people reading the books and seeing the show, or if they were just two different audiences. They're always two different audiences. But then why do they care so much? That's, the, that's a great point. There's only two, <laughs> literally two times in history, two instances where comic and, and movie slash TV show audiences crossed over. Mm. One was... Um, the Batman movie from 1989. Uh, for what, there was a big surge Tim of Burton. interest in yeah the Tim Burton yep. uh, with Jack Nicholson. There was a ton of interest in comics at that time. And The Walking Dead, the Walking Dead TV oh, right. show, yeah, spurred yeah. mass interest in the comics. I feel like when Tim Burton's came out, I was reading The Dark Knight. Is that yeah. around, around the Dark same time? Dark Knight was a year or two earlier. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then they actually did a movie adaptation graphic novel of Tim Burton's Batman, which I owned. Yes. And it was Jack Nicholson in it. Yeah. And it was terrible, but it, I loved it because it was And they also did a cartoon of Batman The Dark Knight Returns, but we're going off on Which, and by the way, that's not The Dark Knight Returns, and I have a whole tangent I'm not going to go off on, but I'm very angry at anything that calls itself. Now, let's say it real quick. Don't call yourself The Dark Knight when Frank Miller's The Dark Knight is The Dark Knight, okay? That is, in my mind, and the first time it was called that, right? Yeah. Did Frank Miller coin that, The Dark Knight? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So that moment, that book, if you read it, it's dark as fuck. It's, you know, like his other books, um, political and gritty. And anything that calls itself The Dark Knight in the comics, or I mean the cartoon world, is not. So just don't. I'm, I'm mad at you if you call yourself The Dark Knight. Stay away from Carlos. Be nice. Even Christopher Nolan. Just get away from it. Uh-huh. You're not that. You read the, go back and reread do your, it. Do the, yeah, do your own thing, Christopher. No do one. your own thing, because the Dark Knight in the book, crazies out there, people, you know, it's insane that book. Mm-hmm. So, and Superman being insane and uh, an old person and all the crazy stuff that happens to him. Anyways, that's my tangent. Moving on, Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Oh, 
I never saw it. Never saw it. Looks miserable. So it's a live action. Live Ninja action turtles, turtles like the movie, but a TV show. Ha. Huh. Worse writing, worse acting. So you remember the show? I look. No, I'm just watch. I've watched these trailers. And so I didn't Saturday want to. Saturday morning show? It felt like that. Show? It felt like that. I don't know. What, I don't have it written down what it was for. Why did they do a live action Turtles? Why? I don't They did like know. 150 cartoons. Why did they have to do a live action? I have Cornsville next to it. We're moving on. I never understood why they had to do that in the movies either. Here, I, oh, here's why I think I fucked up. I have The Amazing Spider-Man here at 1997. It was 1977. And I messed up my notes. Okay. Uh, Nightman, 1997. Frequency of Evil. Nightman is based on a property called The Nightman, which through a company called The Ultraverse. Right. Which uh, was actually a topic of a previous episode of my podcast. Ooh. um, Which came out in 1993. So from a company called Malibu Comics. Um, long story short, they had this huge investment of cash in the company while the co- while the comic market was booming. And one of the ideas was for them to do transmedia properties. So they had a video games uh, plan, and a video game company had actually had invested in them. They also planned on doing TV shows. Um, they had a cartoon on TV called Ultra Force. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Um, and that was on some basic cable channel or other. And they were able to get the Nightman TV show on TV also. Um, and that also only lasted about four or five episodes. Sure did. Cornsville. Um, Cornsville is very similar, actually, to Sable. They, they literally, in the uh, where I wrote down Frequency of Evil, there's a, in the trailer, the guy's like, I'm hearing all these sounds, boss. Whatever, you know. And he's like, uh, he's like, but, but I only hear bad things. <laughs> and he goes, it's because you're tuned into the Frequency of Evil. And I was like, I'm out. That sounds like a great episode of Twilight Zone, though. <laughs> yeah. But then afterwards, they did like the montage of like, and now let's build you a super suit. And you're like, all right. Moving on. Harsh Realm. This is a, l- a light one. I shouldn't even put it on the list. But 1999, Harsh Realm, based on Chris Carter of X-Files, worked on this, and it was based on some sort of book. So Fox show. Yeah. Based on a horror comic written by a guy named, named J- James Hudnall. Um I forget who put it out. But it was definitely more based on the war, it seems like. Like a war mo- show It was or a something. sci-fi show and the X-Files kind of feel. Okay. It was a little like, uh, remember Fringe? Yes. It's like, a little like Fringe. Yeah, or at least it wanted to be. Cause... Well, Fringe came after. Yeah. So Fringe was maybe a more successful version of Harsh Realm. I remember the Fox ads were on that all the time. There was too. a lot of ads. Yeah, they spent marketing dollars on it, and it went nowhere. Yeah, like it was like the Lone Gunman TV show that Fox tried to put out oh, for a while. Oh, jeez. Moving on, it's done. Oh, by the way, I was going to mention that John Locke was in it, though. The actor who plays John Locke from Lost. He oh. was in Harsh Realm. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. I forget. I, didn't do, I don't do most of my research. Not, not like ca- classic comics cavalcade <laughs> who does all the research. If you want to listen to a lot of things podcasts, which you should, uh, we, we do some research. It's on iTunes and all the other services. So. Thank you. Uh, we got next, Smallville. Huge one. 2001. Huge one. Must have run 10 seasons? 10 years. 2001 to 2010. Was I right? Nine seasons. Nine seasons. Right? If that's right. Or is it every year? Nine years. Nine. Okay. So I was yeah. off by one. Smallville was massive. I watched some of it. I thought the production value was good for the time period. Yeah. Um, again, it was similar to that Lois and Clark thing where 
did, wasn't a lot of the human drama, or were there actual it's monsters? Much of the more week? human drama. There's human drama, yeah. And it's like everything happens in this little tiny town in Kansas too. It's like, come on! After a while, it just got a little contrived. Yeah, but it was massive, and everybody knows about that one. Yeah. Moving on, because oh my goodness, we have at least twenty five more. Do we seriously? Yeah. Mutant Mutant X from two thousand one. Was that Cornsville? A, did that get to a full series? It might have not. Some of these have like a few episodes in, but it, it was definitely in that X Men world. I want to say that was a Fox show. Also, it was also super corny. And again, probably after right after the first X Men movie came out. It feels like when I was watching the trailer, it felt like Harsh Realm. That same style, like you know, we're just trying to make something that's kind of creepy, but we don't have the budget. Um, I don't know anything about Mutant X. Well, let's just leave it that See, way. See, you're just praising my, my uh, knowledge of all this. Oh, you've been doing great up until now, okay? okay? So this is the so first I one I stumped you I got one F. I got. I know. I should have said that in the beginning to, to get the listeners excited. Give I'm going to stump you. I stumped you once. Mutant X. You don't know about that one. Witchblade. Witchblade. Which we all know the comic, or you and I both know it. I, yes. I like Witchblade. Yeah, Witchblade. Was, 2001, by the way. So Witchblade was on... Not USA. It was on a different service. Um, and was actually really good and got really good ratings uh, based on the comic by Mark Silvestri through Top, Top Cow Comics. And the actress whose name escapes me mm-hmm. um, wasn't able to keep showing up on set. She had some personal problems. Mm. And that's what resulted in the show getting canceled. You it really did, do know your stuff. It did really well for them. I it, was literally just reading on it. This and she, yes, she had some. She had some problems that resulted in the show not taking off. She's a lot more covered up on the show. You remember in the comic, basically she's oh, got she this, just like breasts. Yeah, yeah, breasts, yeah. breasts, and like uh, she has a suit that covered her boobs and her her like private parts and her hands because with the blade, like yeah, yeah, the blades, it's, yeah. It's her glove. No, I remember liking the the comic a lot for the uh, aesthetic, but this <laughs> is just like you know, it was just it could have been any other show. It, it wasn't really. You didn't feel like the comic in that right. way. You know, but like, the, the comic, it, the, the show had some really good elements to it, and like this nice mix of romance and adventure to it. It's, it's actually not too bad. It's I will not, say... not Cornsville. It's not Cornsville, but I have potential Cornsville. And I have also... Uh, we're leaving the 2001s, which a ton of these are like 99, 2000, 2001. And that time period, it did feel like in the 60s and 70s. There's these like brackets, I've noticed, as doing this research, of... Here's how we're going to do superhero things, right? That's why we are in this golden era of superhero movies and shows where they are done with high production value and really focusing on story and character. In the 60s and 70s, it's like super fun and ridiculous and interesting and just get people in the doorway to, to listen, you know, and watch it and um, check it out. And then the late 90s and early 2000s, it feels like, hey, we're just going to do another show like we're doing in the 2000s, but it's also superheroes. Yeah, so let me give you like See what I'm uh, saying. Yeah, so let me let me give you the analogy there. So in movies, all the superhero movies of the '90s, the late '90s, are bad. So we're talking Spawn, Steel, mm-hmm. Barbed Wire. Um, the only one that was any good was Blade, which really kind of played down the superhero connection. But most of that stuff was like just throwaway stuff. Like it just didn't make any money. And then when the first X Men movie came out in 2000. It kind of changed the whole game. All yep. of a sudden, the studios were like, this can actually be something. Yep. And then the second X-Men came out, and it was just as big. And then the Iron Man came out in 2003, and that completely changed the game. Yeah. Downey as Iron Man just completely changed the whole realm, and that suddenly added credibility to this. 
Um, but like that, all the material from like 98 to 2001 is just really rough and just like almost apologetic of being superhero stuff. Well, it's almost like you set me up for uh, what changed it. It's like we, you would think we planned ahead. Do you want to guess what the show is that changed it? Um, and by the way, before we jump into that, there is the Middleman show I wrote down and Blade the Series. Or, or in 2006, 2008, they were kind of cult hits. I don't, With, I don't remember the, the Blade TV show. Yeah, there's a Blade series in 2006. Uh, 2006, I wrote Cornsville next to it. The Middleman is supposed to be like just a corny, fun cult hit based on a comic or graphic novel. Huh. Uh, both those I'm kind of putting aside, but they're 2006, 2008. The time it changed, in, in my opinion, 2010. Because 2010, a series came out that you already mentioned based on a comic book you already mentioned, The Walking Dead. Yeah, that really did change everything. I think it changed everything. Because if I'm looking at this list, everything after it, it's trying. You know, like some of it's not hits and misses, but The Walking Dead 2010, it's not The Middleman. It's not Blade the series. It's not Smallville. You know what I mean? If I'm looking at this list and I thought I was missing something, but I'm not, that's it. Like that moment goes like, all right, here, we're going to do this comic book. And you know how big Walking Dead was at its peak, right? Mm-hmm. The TV show is literally the most popular cable show that had ever been showed. Yeah. Other than its sporting events. Yeah. Like it was drawing numbers greater than some national TV shows. They're on Fox and HBO or Fox and, and NBC and stuff. Like it totally blew the walls off of everything. Um, it's viewerships of 10 to 12 million people every yeah. week. And I think it, is, it really does come down to that thing that we talked about in the beginning of Umbrella Academy and other shows where production and music and different stuff like that can bring you in in such a good way that it becomes bigger than the sum of its parts. Like The Walking Dead is about zombies, but it's not. It's a human drama. Right. And especially that first season, it reminded me of Lost, which I love. Mm-hmm. And Lost was about a weird, mysterious island, but it's not. It's actually about the characters. Well, the first episode, he wakes up in the hospital. Rick wakes up in yeah. the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has no idea what's going on. And, like, you're just as lost as he is. It's just very – actually, I just realized that's very similar to the way that Lost opens up. He wakes up on the island, and he doesn't know where he is. That's a great end point, you know, to start with something. Yeah, because as a viewer, you're just as confused. It drags you into it. Yeah. Yeah, the beginning of Lost, too. The first episode of Lost. Oh, I love is... it. Okay, Walking Dead 2010. Moving on. Arrow, 2012. I know that I forgot it was that long ago. It's hard to believe it's been around that long. I know. And it's still going? Is that right? It's still going, Because yeah. there's a whole, which we'll talk about, there's a combination with those shows. Yeah, they're kind of going through a whole storyline right now where they might be handing off to the new Arrow, who's um, his estranged sister, and uh, they're breaking up that little team from the Arrowverse that was part of his group. And I have no idea. Never watched the show. Yeah, I, I know a ton of people like it, though. I decided to watch it. In the middle of last year when I decided to watch all the superhero shows just because I'm crazy yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, it's super freaking dark. And it just makes me crazy that's so dark. It's CW though, right? It's CW. Yeah. And they don't have those production values. And they cover it up with the darkness and also the character relationships. So you know, we were talking earlier, right, about how like one of the things you love about Umbrella Academy is the production values. Oh, yeah. And like, this is the point I was going to make that uh, we've been talking around as we've been having our drinks, getting ready for the show is like, there's certain shows that have high production values. And it's just really compelling. Like Star Trek discovery is the same thing. Oh, I love that. Right? Show. It's got this, this energy to it. Yep. And then the WB shows or the CW shows rather, um, like they're just going with these cheap special effects and it takes and they, you out of it. It does take you out of it. Yeah. Or like, it's just like the show that you don't have to really watch completely. Um, 
with the exception of one that I'm sure we'll get to shortly. We're going to get to it soon. I'm going to throw you for a loop here and stump you, I believe, with the next one, which is also 2012. <clears throat> Metal Hurlant Chronicles? Is that a cable show? From the producer of the original Superman series. That was the credit, by the way. That's not a, a huge thing to say. Huh. Uh, Metal Hurlant Chronicles. And I forgot what the trailer was because I watched a lot of these trailers. It looked terrible, and I can't remember. Was it an anthology? I don't remember. So Metal Hurlant is the comic that uh, the, the French comic that Heavy Metal, the American oh, comic, it is wasn't based, that is based on because oh. um, effectively the American company licensed the rights to all the stories that Metal Hurlant published, including these great Mobius stories as well as other artists like Enki Bilal and, and um, other great Europeans. And so my guess is that this is like an anthology based on those. It felt more like one of these corny series that was based on one character. So we'll have to look it up, but okay. I am not stumping you because you had that weird piece of knowledge just now, and I can never stop you. I just <laughs> that, said Metal that, Hurlant, and you're like, yeah, Metal Hurlant. I know about that. I know I know way too freaking much. Okay, we got to go fast here. Sad. Let's finish these up. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 2013. Yeah, we talked now about we're in the okay. They're really focusing mm-hmm. high, higher production values. Uh, Walking Dead pushed it forward. Yep, they're coming back with like, like a rump season five of like eight episodes or something. It was a big controversy about whether they should have just shut it down after the last season. I, by the way, I didn't watch any of that. Or no, I watched the beginning of it, and then I I fell out of uh, not like yeah. I ever was in love with it, but it just didn't really do much for me. You and me both. Yeah, and I heard decent things about earlier seasons i really only watched like the beginning of season one and like well i watched all of the last season and it actually is a pretty good arc mm. the scene the story with them lost in space on a deserted space arc is really good not deserted mm. it's a creole space arc and it's got interesting plot twists to it so it has it has its moments i'm not going back to it gotham 2014 Gotham uh, is the craziest show. Gotham's huge. I didn't watch as much as I probably wanted to, or I don't know why, at the time where I was. So a lot of this is like where you are in your life, you know? Gotham makes and me I excited. Didn't, I actually, really? I actually love Gotham because it's so ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? So again, I, I really just came back to it this, this season. I started with season one. I came back to it the current season. So current season is actually based on a 1999 Batman storyline called No, no Man's Land where Gotham is destroyed and the government cuts off Gotham City. They, they destroy the bridges and tunnels. Hmm. So Gotham becomes this land where gangs ran, run rampant. And so now the Riddler and Joker and other characters all run different areas of Gotham City. But they're in the show? They're all in the show. The Joker's in the show. The Joker's in the show. In fact, just last week they had basically the Joker's origin. And with makeup and everything, the, like yeah, real the Riddler, the Penguin, Catwoman. How come I didn't know that? I, every time I saw the trailers for it, I always feel like just regular people in suits talking. And it, it's the craziest short attention span show because every episode goes through like five storylines and brings them to a place you would never expect them to go to. It makes no sense. There's huh. character arcs that don't that pay off and then don't pay off, and it's all very intentionally just. It's really like the most comic booky show on the list in that it's like everything seems weird and arbitrary and very silly. And so in that way, it's like super fun, light, mindless, awesome entertainment. And, and like there's only going. three still, more episodes left. I was going to say it's still going. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it might be a fun thing to go back and binge then for some people. 
Yeah, because it's like a perfect, like, either drinking game show or, like, (laughs) lazy Saturday afternoon show. All right, well, it's not pushing the the, the medium forward, which some of these other ones are going to do. No. So it's not. Uh, Then we had two more that I don't think pushed the medium forward and might be controversial. Well, the first one is Constantine. Yeah. There's a series. And I remember coming and going and not really caring too much. all right. The Flash, the same year, 2014. I still watch The Flash. I've watched every episode. You do. I don't care for that. It's okay. We have uh, different opinions. Then 2015, kind of another new change and feel, Supergirl. Yeah. Which felt like it was a network show. It started on CBS and then moved to CW. They moved to CW. Okay. So that's actually one of the two... Well, actually, three best CW shows. It so felt this like it had season, good production value. this season, they started a storyline where um, there's a group of make the world great again. Unfortunately, oh, magas, no. kind of people who are trying to kick aliens off Earth. Oh yeah, I love the analogies though, and it's mutants. a really kind of clever storyline, really yeah. well done actually. And um, there's like they're actually using a low budget of the show to its benefit. Because before it was like a kind of a Flash with Supergirl kind of show where she had, you know, she has her special friends and they fight evil or whatever. But now they're giving this a little more weight and importance, and like it's gotten really good. I think you have to do that, especially again, like I said before, when you you move the um, medium forward by production and and story and character stuff. But you also do it, and which is heavily happening in these new shows, where you look at the real world, what's happening. And you throw that in there, and it makes people feel more, you know, understanding of like, oh, you get what the real world's about, and you're not just in a vacuum of Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really well said, and I think that's that's what I've been enjoying about it. Yeah, um, well, I, I'm going to go back, escapist, but it's like the season's been surprisingly terrific. I'm going to go back. There's a bunch of these that we're mentioning now that are yeah still happening, which is great. And this is that was 2015, so that's. Had a pretty good run. Um, right after that, 2015 as well, Powers came out, which I remember that show because it came out on my PlayStation 4 as an exclusive. Yeah. And I think it was only on PlayStation 4, but now maybe other people can watch it other places. I've never seen it. All I remember is that it had really bad production values. For yeah, it didn't, look, it didn't look great. And I was like, oh, great. I got this for free on my PlayStation 4. I don't care. Um, right after uh, 2015 as well, iZombie. Which I heard was based on a comic book, but I, I never yeah, heard based it. Based on a Vertigo book. Okay. Uh, and that was kind of a comical zombie show. Yeah. Which was okay. I mean, it didn't like write, nothing to write home about. Dark Matter is a great show that I didn't know was based on a comic book. It says it was in my notes. I don't. I didn't know that either. It okay. said also based on a comic book of the same name, 2015, Dark Matter, which I love that show. If you have not seen it, I've it's not. very good. It's on my Netflix queue. I haven't watched it. Yeah, throw that, throw that on sometime. Right after that, uh, also, this isn't like 100% chronological, but the same year, 2015, Daredevil, mm-hmm. which, again, another kind of pushes to let's change the game, let's make it dark, almost too dark, some would say, which is me. And then Jessica Jones and Agent Carter, I think, around the same time. A ton yeah, of Jessica these. Jessica Jones is so e- even darker. Even darker, yeah. And not really about the superpowers, although the the – Enemy villain is really about yeah, the superpowers. Purple Man is all about Kilgrave is all about the purple. So that I think pushed pushed us into you know getting like like without a Jessica Jones or Daredevil, do we have Umbrella Academy? Do you know what I mean? Like, does That's that a great help? question? Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think they did help. And then we get, help. Agent Carter. Do you watch much of that? I didn't watch that. No, I didn't watch much, yeah. watch much of that. 
couple, caught a couple episodes of it. Right after 2016, we're into Preacher, which I thought was okay. I haven't seen Preacher. I read the comic, didn't like it that much. And oh, so. well, then, yeah, you're not. There's a lot of people that would love the comic, and they were like just so psyched to have it, you know? Um, I, did, I thought they were all, they were both just okay. Uh, so, yeah. And then also, around the same time, and I don't believe this, but I guess it happened, uh, Kirkman, who worked on uh, Walking Dead, uh, public, or produced Outcast, which is based on a horror comic book, I think, that he was making. Yes, his, he made the comic. Actually, the, the formal title of the comic is Outcast by Robert Kirkman and Paul Azaketa. <laughs> really? Like, it's funny. literally the actual title of the comic. Yeah, well, um, they made a show, too, and I did not remember that happening. I, th- I never saw the show. I didn't even know where to watch it, honestly. Well, we still don't because it's over. Winona Earp, 2016. So Winona Earp is a great, fun show. It's a cowgirl who fights aliens. I remember seeing like the pilot and really enjoying it. I'm actually friends with the writer who the show was based on. Whoa. Bo Smith. Um and I did a media room for for Wine on Herb. I'm actually a pretty good fan of that show. It's a, All right. it's fun. Yeah, it's nothing, it is nothing fun. deep or special. It's just a fun show. No, it is fun. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I, I think they're bringing it back. Yeah, that's what they I are. recently heard. Yeah, then we're moving on to a couple. These are all 2016, which is crazy. This seems like again, the resurgence is happening, right? Lucifer was mm-hmm. 2016. Again, I didn't care for it too much, but it's okay. Yeah, it, again, more drama y thing. Uh, the Tick. Reboot happened about 2016 on Amazon Prime. Yeah, which you reminded me that we forgot in this list. There was an original The Tick, Patrick Warburton as The Tick from like '96 or so. So that was in the '90s that happened. Yeah, that was on Fox right after the Tick cartoon went off the air. Hmm. It's a cute show. The new one. I like both of them. Yeah. You know what's so depressing? As I was doing this list, I was like, man, there's not not a ton of this on this list that I'm like in love with. Yeah, I hear that. But it might be, again, this kind of growing up of the comic book TV show. Because the comic book movie, like you said, X-Men and Iron Man, which was a little while ago, that kicked us into a whole new gear when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, we're in such a beautiful TV renaissance moment uh, with all these amazing shows, yet it seems like the comic book movie, it's taken a while. Our comic book TV series taken a while. Yeah, the Tick's not a TV re- renaissance show. No, right? it is not. It's not... It's not uh, Mrs. Maisel or something on Amazon. You got to stop with the Mrs. Maisel. I get it's a good show. It's so good. Every other minute with this guy. Uh, Luke Cage, 2016. I can't help it if I'm in love with her. It's okay. It's okay. She was also in um, she would be way House too of Cards, I believe. She'd be way too good for me. Uh, Luke, Luke Cage, Cage in 2016. Luke Cage season one was really good. Yeah, I think I liked it. Two. Yeah. and Probably my favorite of the Marvel shows. Of all those, yeah. Oh, Iron Fist is that later on my oh, list? Oh, so bad. It's later on my list. It's 2017. So but bad. Yeah, so bad. Uh, we got DC Legends of Tomorrow. So that's the best. Ooh, we finally Legends have one that you love. Legends of Tomorrow love. is the best. Now, is that only on the DC app? No, that's on CW. Okay, so I might check that one out. That, is that just bringing all the people together? So that's a bunch of like B-grade DC heroes. And it's just a super fun show. So like, there's an episode from this season where the, the, the legends travel to Woodstock and meet an evil unicorn. Wait, there's what? another where they go to, uh, to this kind of fairy realm and they meet this, this kind of 
fairy godmother who turns out to be evil. It's like ridiculous and it's intentionally ridiculous. Whoa. So the season finale involves Muppets what? and cats oh my and goodness. all kinds of craziness. Like they've thrown everything to the moon and they don't care. They're just like this ridiculous, hilarious, silly. So not crazy based on show. a comic then itself? Not directly. It's oh, got okay. comic characters in it. Constantine actually is in the current season. You know what though? It's off the list. No, it's based on comic characters. It's off. None of this is based on. It's got be, Vixen and. Nope. These are based on comics. And, the actual comics. It's. It, it, it's. All right. It's Berlanti verse. I'll keep it on the list just because you seem so excited about it. Here's, this I'm is the first so one you excited. like. It's also extremely gay friendly for what, if you care about that kind of thing. It, it's, hey, you had me at uh, Unicorn. Did you say Unicorn? It's so good. And Cats? I'm in. Okay, so the Muppets episode, DC Legends of Tomorrow. I'm going to go check Legends that out. Legends of Tomorrow is so fun. How weird. Uh, 2017, we're into um, this show called Powerless, which only didn't even get a full season, but it had Vanessa Hudgens in it. Uh, Ron Funches is one of my favorite comedians, and it was about like people who were around Bruce Wayne, I guess, and... Weird shit happened to them, and they were funny. And it was like a comedy. It was a sitcom on NBC. Yeah, yeah sitcom funny around the world. I watched like two Batman. episodes of it. It was so bad. They said they might have had like only four or five episodes. It was so, so stupid. Okay. Uh, Punisher 2017. I only watched season two, and it was pretty good. It's a great chronicle of toxic male masculinity. Yeah, right. So it was the comic. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the comic was like even darker, I want to say. I remember this the comic pretty, just pretty freaking dark, killing people all the time. Uh, Iron Fist, there it is, 2017. Another 2017 was Marvel's The Defenders, also just unwatchable. Unwatchable. This is not a good, you know, we're not tr- good on uh, a huge tracker. So, like, here. so, like, I sometimes watch those shows on the gym when I'm doing like the treadmill elliptical or something. Yeah, that's a bad uh, review. <laughs> well, so like, it's actually great for the CW shows because like you can tune mentally in and out of them and. Get oh. everything you need out of the show, and they still get paid. They're ad dollars. Uh, so like, and so like, it's a perfect thing for that. And I don't usually get bored, um, but like, Defenders, like, I couldn't get through half the episodes. Ooh. Like, literally, I watched one, two, and six or something, and said, "F this, I can't watch this." Well, one that was similar to that that also came out the same year that I somehow made it through the whole first season, and they're coming back. I think Runaways. I haven't seen Runaways. It's again. You're like. What this production value? Why it's so unbelievable, and you just it's it was painful to watch. Yet you somehow kind of get invested at times, you know, about like these characters. And so I wanted to know, and I like the idea of that comic. Um, it's just oh, it's pretty fucking bad. Was it you who told me that it takes weeks before they even run away? Oh yeah, they're there. They're no, they're, no one's running anywhere. Yeah, so why <laughs> they're is not it running the runaways? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're like well-off kids who have everything they need. And also there's like a secret organization that their parents are part of. But, yeah, they're not running anywhere. They Near the end of their very first season, it's like, hey, we should run away <laughs> because of what the stuff that goes on. You're not making me want to catch up on it. it. No, I would not recommend that. No, I recommend hardly any of these on this list, which is making me depressed. Here's one I recommend wholeheartedly, just as much as you recommend, DC Legend of Tomorrow legion motherfuckers yeah legion and this is based on a comic right yeah because i never read the comic yeah but this is one of my favorite shows on television he's an x-men villain he's charles xavier's other self basically which they i think they show professor x at some point in one of the seasons of legion 
That's a, it was only two seasons. It's it only two seasons. Such a good show. Yeah. So the other re- reason why this is so good, similar to Umbrella Academy and other shows, it does these trippy things, and it's about again a beautifully crafted episode versus telling the story of the comic book superhero supervillain. Right? Legion has these trippy moments all the time where they stop time and and go backwards and show you know dark operas playing and. It just fucked up stuff that's so beautifully done that it, it could be anything, mm-hmm. and I'd watch it. So this that's producers, that's the directors, and not just the writers. Uh, cinematographer, you know, uh, sound, all of that's why I love that show so much. They're just committed to doing something different. It's so it's different. Thrilling. It's so beautiful. Uh, something that isn't so different and so beautiful, Inhumans, also came out that same year. Oh, that was such an awful show. Why would that have been a thing? And Ramsey was on it from Game of Thrones. I kept trying to watch Inhumans, too. I tried so hard to give it a chance. and uh, Everything about it was like literally painful. It's painful. And it's so funny. It's the same year as Legion. So you're like, haven't we moved on? Is this not 1987 Sable? Do you remember they tried to premiere Inhumans on IMAX? No. And nobody went to see it. Like, literally, oh. they made like $5,000. Oh. I'm still not, I'm not sad for them. I'm sad for the actors. Who no, did. don't be sad for them. It was an awful show. <laughs> the Gifted I have here is 2017. Is that right? It only ran two seasons. Right. So that was almost definitely going to be canceled. Um, it's been entertaining enough. It's good enough. We're still not done with the list. We have about 10 or 10 more. Uh, Happy came out in 2017. Have you watched Happy? I did, and it was based on a comic as well, I guess. But a Grant I never Morrison read Morrison comic, yeah. Grant Morrison, which I like a lot. So with um, Deadly Class wrapping up, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. It's in here, yep. Um, Happy comes on when Deadly Class is over. Do I want to go back and watch season one of Happy? I don't like it. Here's the biggest thing. So Happy has a character uh, in it who's an animated um, donkey? Blue animal? I forget what it is. Go to, to go back to make a call back to donkeys, um, <laughs> of all things. Yeah, it, 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 that threw me. It, that gets me out of the show. Like I don't want to watch anymore. It reminds me of, like Roger Rabbit or something, where you're like, well, that's so weird that the cartoon's coming into the real world, mm-hmm. and I don't like that cartoon's character either, and it's not really even doing much. So it has moments of like high production value and darkness and stuff with the, the main character, but that freaking little animal. Oh, I'm, as soon as he kept coming back in and saying little fucking cartoon voice stuff, I just I was out. Okay, so no is what I'm saying. Okay, moving on. Don't waste my time. Riverdale's in on my list for 2017 because it's based on the Archie comics, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I have friends who love that show. Do not care about that either. But I've never watched it. Tons of people love, love that show. show. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening, you love the show. More power to you. Um, and I'm wondering Tell how many. Why. It's a, really about a, like a teenage drama. But is do any of them understand the Archie connection, or like is that part of it? No, I mean it's a smart thing. The D, uh, Archie made a big invest. Archie is still a family-owned business. It's not owned by like Warner or oh, interesting, or any of the other companies. Like, yeah, you know Disney owns Marvel. It's not owned by anyone. It's owned they're by they're making tons of money then. Yeah, that's all their money. Yeah, it's all their money. Um, and the uh, family who owns the characters made an investment about five years ago about getting the show into media and they've done really well. I mean, yeah. Chilling adventures of uh, Sabrina has also been a huge, I know hit. I didn't put that on my list, but it, that's a comic. Too. Yeah, that is yeah, a comic yeah, yeah. too. That same year. Basically See, I covered you. I got you there. You got me. Okay. That was, I think maybe that's 2018. 
uh, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and then I also have Black Lightning on here for 2018. Really like Black Lightning. It's I think it's okay. Yeah, I'm not like uh, I'm not in love with it, but I think it's done pretty well. It's almost done with season two. It's already been renewed for season three. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Then and we, it's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a different area of like superhero life than we've seen because it's a ba- it's family based, which I really like. I mean, right. it's Basically, the dad has powers and his daughters have inherited different powers uh, once inherited his powers once inherited different powers and his wife kind of works in a place that helps them explore other kids having powers mm-hmm. in an oblique way yeah and it's kind of about how this changes the family and then it's also got this kind of inner city feel to it that's very nice and yeah different. it's smaller you know what i mean in that way it feels it's not these grand scheme like evil villains coming in it's, it's like, exactly it. yeah. yeah it's about how he can affect his neighborhood and his and his is uh you know his home and they kept the DC, the Black Lightning characters out of the DC crossovers the last two years. Oh, nice. So, like, intentionally, they're not part of the Arrowverse. Yeah, it's its own thing. So, moving on to Krypton 2018 as well. Yeah, that was a sci-fi show. And, um, actually made in England. It's like a Channel 4 UK show. Right. And weirdly enough, uh, Superman has an uh, Irish accent. Well, he's not actually on the show yet. He wait, hasn't. wait. Who's the guy with the Irish accent then? I think it's Adam Strange. Oh, I think I'm very confused about the show. It's, it's, I don't know what this is. I just thought I was like, I thought a Superman had an Irish accent, and I was like, what is happening? No, because it's all about his parents. I don't know. I'm it's confused. Meant to actually portray what life would have been like on Krypton before they send Superman to Earth. So, <laughs> and apparently they all have accents. They all they were all Brits, I guess. Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. That was a web series, the only one of its kind I could find. Uh, that doesn't ring a bell to you, right? I haven't seen it. I read the comics. Oh, you read the comics? Yeah. Were the comics uh, interesting? Yeah, it was fine. All right, we'll move on. The uh, Valiant comics, all the comics are fine. They're oh, that's they're, kind of a all, dig in a way. Yeah, they're but. all really professional, well done stuff. All right. Titans, here it is, 2018 Titans. Uh, DC platform only. So you yeah, have, DC you have universe have DC. only. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Wait, I could, I could oh, do you, an, you do like it, I thought. I could do an hour on Titans. Well, it's, we don't have an hour. Um, yeah, it's it's a total mixed kind of blessing, Titans. All right. The problem is that the, this too disparate. None of the stories ever actually come together. But like some of the character stuff is fine. Here's my thing on Titans. Jeez. Why can't anybody on Titans have normal hair? Everyone's got weird colored hair. Every character has strange colored hair. Weird people with weird powers have strange hair, man. It's like we're edgy because all our kids have, because it's all kids, have weird colored hair. Well, here's to your point. Uh, uh, One that doesn't have that, Cloak and Dagger, came out in 2018. I watched all that. I haven't seen any of that. And it seemed like just two kids, two younger people who have special abilities, right? Like the comic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, uh, from Freeform TV. What so, the bitch is which that? Which used to be Fox Family or ABC Family oh or something goodness. like that. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. It's it is depressing. We're almost done with the list. It's depressing on how many of these we're say like meh, because like where are the good ones? You know what I mean? Well, oh, we we talked about some good ones. We did. Deadly Class is next. Two thousand eighteen. Deadly Class well. is a great one. Uh, I said that the pilot for me moved too fast, and I was very confused. If it slows down at all. So well, here, should I keep here's going? A, here's a point for you. Yeah. The best episode of any TV show I've watched in 2019 was the episode of Deadly Class that takes place in Vegas. 
Which, again, isn't the first episode, so I have to give it a it's chance. It's like episode five, I think. Okay. And it's amazing. It's gonna, really good. That show has grown on me more than any show I've watched in a long time. It's really good. I'm giving that one a second chance. Really good. I'm so also, it's funny you said it about after Cloak and Dagger because, like, oh no, it's like Deadly Class has been like a revelation, and it's, um, and that episode was written by Rick Remender who wrote the graphic novel. Mm, that does make a difference. That makes a huge difference. To yeah, me. Um, and it, it's dark and. Weird and interesting that this week's episode takes place a month after the events that happened in Vegas, and it pays off really nicely in this episode. Like, the way the characters act now is exactly how you would expect normal people to act, not superheroes to act. They don't shrug off all this terrible stuff that happens in Vegas, and um, it brings it to a really interesting level. Wow. Again, that's um, that uh, uh, in the real world and put it into the show. Yeah, making you feel like uh, you can relate. So that is good, uh, and that starts another trend, which is Doom Patrol. This is 2019. All of these Umbrella Academy 2019. A trailer that I saw that I'm very excited about comes out this year on Amazon. The Boys. Yeah. Which is based on a comic as well. Yes, it is. Um, I wouldn't have known because I never heard of that comic, but the trailer looked amazing, and like I was kind of all in based on that trailer. Um, and you famously know, famously dark, hilarious, weird comics comic uh, written by the same guy who wrote Preacher. Oh, okay. So it may that I think the that it may be only as good as Preacher, or it may be. It, no, way it looks better. better. It looks better. Just again, Preacher came out what we just said way back. Well, just a couple of years ago. Uh, They've done three seasons so far. No, Preacher was 2016. Yeah, but a few years can make a big difference in this in this. Uh, yeah, uh, landscape. And also the channel. Uh, okay, here are. That's it. That's the we we finished the list. Okay, right. I feel like we're missing some, but believe me, I did ex- exhaustive research. So I think what we said is maybe 25 percent are great or good or tw- yeah, great or good. 25 percent of that list maybe, which is okay. not a good is batting that, average. Would you say that's a the normal average, like if you're no, any... if I were doing like show shows right now, like show shows that I'm watching, even for the last five six years, tons of shows. Like I think about Fargo and things that I always talk about. Yeah, when they came out a while ago, True Detective the first season. Like there's so much good stuff that's not comic booky. Yeah, that I think is incredible for much longer. I think. Well, I think if we pick superhero movies, well, yeah, batting about seventy five percent. Well, that's interesting. Well, let's do that list as well. On this dual podcast. Okay. Here it is. To finish out the show, here's series that are coming that uh, are interesting. Watchmen on HBO. Yeah. Batwoman. Um, They did a pilot for that on uh, CW. CW. And she appeared in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover this year. Okay. Um, They're clearly grooming that to be their next show. Harley Quinn. Actually, there's a rumor that they're going to be canceling Arrow next year, next season, Mm. and replacing it with With Batwoman. uh, with With Batwoman. And then Harley Quinn and other lady, lady. Uh, Who's that coming on? I have no idea. I just it was and like shows that are happening and got ordered, picked okay. up. They got picked up. And Swamp Thing again. They're bringing Swamp Thing back. That's going to be on the DC Universe app. And the rumors oh. is going to be very dark and um, actually legitimately spooky, based on Doom Patrol. Like I'm now excited to see Swamp Thing. Uh, I am too. And here's my last one and my favorite one. I saved the best for last. What am I so excited about? That's an, a comic book. Uh, based on a comic book that I love, that's a new series that's coming out, and very soon, hopefully. Do you know what is it? You know, you know. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna stump you on this one. I'll, I'll help you uh, with one hint if you need it. 
It's a comic book that I love that's a very nerdy niche comic book that not many people read. They're not doing an ambush buck show. No, we want that. But, <laughs> um, no, no, no. We've talked about this before. It's a show of superheroes, and they're like an unlikely motley crew. And they all have like dumb, weird powers. Well, one's pretty good power. And I like it a lot. And there's, it's two words. Why am I spacing on it? Um, I'll say that the hint is uh, Milana Vaitrub, or I can never say her last name, Von Trub or whatever. I like her a lot. She's an actress from this show Space that I used to watch. It's uh, it's new. Oh, so they're doing a new Warriors show. Yeah, they are. Why in the why I had so much trouble thinking of that? New Warriors, one of my favorite. The speedball, he's, he can use kinetic energy. There was this guy, Thrasher. He had a skateboard. It was Night so Thrasher. 90s. Night Thrasher, yeah. And it was a 90s-ass book, and I loved it. They could it. do that great, or they could do that awful. It's hard yeah, to I say know. what's going to be. I need to do more research on who's doing that. But Okay. We're done. The podcast is over. Thank you, Jason, for going through comics history. A classic comics cavalcade, is it where? Cut. Yeah. We get Appreciate it. It's it. in those podcasts. Yeah, and I'll, do, I'll put show notes up on classiccomics.tumblr.com. Is that what it's going to be? Yeah. Okay. And we'll put like excerpts and little clips and stuff like that. And I think that we should do this uh, crossover again with movies. So we'll do that. Okay. And then we'll also do it, um, I don't know, something else comics related. We'll figure it out. Thank if you, you for uh, suggestions. Let yeah, us know. Yeah. And thank you for suggesting shows on this long list that I should go back and check out. I'm definitely tonight going to recheck out The Gifted. Um, it's a good enough show. Wait, now you're telling me not to? I was just with it. Well, so if you have a choice between The Gifted and, and Legends of Tomorrow oh. or Doom Patrol. Well, you're really on this Legends of Tomorrow. Jeez Louise. Don't watch the first season. Okay. Uh, I think it's on four, season four now. Start with season three. You won't miss that much. Of Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. It gets really wonderful. Okay. I'll check that out and Doom Patrol. And but Doom Patrol. I might go back and to And Deadly Gifted. Class. Oh, wait. I said The Gifted. I meant to say Deadly Class. Oh, hell yeah. Deadly Class. That's why we got messed up here. I meant I'm going to go check out Deadly Class think, tonight. Think how lucky we are right now because we got Doom Patrol and Deadly Class and like other shows that you and I both love, like Discovery. And Umbrella Academy. People Umbrella watch Academy. that show. It's really can't, good. Can't recommend it highly enough. All right. Uh, your podcast, you're probably listening to it now. And if you're not and you're listening to it on my podcast, check out the Comics Cavalcade. I'm sorry. Classic Comics Cavalcade podcast. And the A Lot of Things podcast. And, yeah, A Lot of Things podcast. And that's it. Uh, We'll see you in a new episode of something. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Oh, thank you.